recording. Hello, welcome to the Age of Sigmar Stat Center. This is a show where every Monday, me and the Twitch chat, a group of plucky individuals, my friends even, some may say, yeah, my pals from across the world, we discuss the Age of Sigmar list that have done well at the tournaments at the weekend. As you can, and I'll, I'll go through this in the rest of the video. You'll see. Yeah, Those tournament results also go into our stats, which you can find on thehonestwargamer.com, run by Ziggy and Rob, and they will give you the most up-to-date stats about what's happening with armies and faction performances and drop rates and a bunch of really uh, interesting stuff, which I'm sure 40k would love to have. Yeah. Um, we are now going to look at some of the lists from the different events. I've actually been away for two weeks. I've been in Canada doing coverage of a 40k tournament. Uh, so sometimes I do go to other countries to do live coverage of events. You can find all those uh, streams on the T-Sports Network, YouTube, Twitch. Um, and there we go. I'm Rob. Also, I, I said that. Who knows? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Uh, right, okay, so we're going to look at events from around the world, and the first one we, we are going to be looking at is, now, I did have some criticisms, uh, a couple of new people to the show um, on YouTube were giving me sass because you couldn't see this big enough, okay, um, there's no way on the, plain and, the green and pleasant earth, well, not for long, uh, of, this, uh, of this earth, that um, I will be copy and pasting these into any sort of, like, like, graphic format because even going through them will take me probably four to five hours today with the twitch chat because we kind of deep dive the rules and stuff which is really fun and so instead i'm obviously using bcp or tabletop to depending on the event that's covered or exon uh, or whatever the other stuff is called um or pum or pumpon shout out to pumpon um and so uh there you go i made it a bit bigger and if you can't see it all the links are in the show notes below so you can click the links and look at themselves and you can say to yourself but i can't look at the lists because i haven't paid my subscription to pcp at which i'll say well then that's your fault there we go that makes it easy ask one of your friends to screen easy easy um can't you <laughs> right okay so uh, shout out to admiral willis in the chat who i think went for one of the weekend in a doubles event doesn't matter because doubles are just for fun but like my love to him he's great okay so first one we're going to look at is in western america uh that's what wa means at pull your pup uh and this is uh, presented by victoria's secret this is the emerald city open to the electric boogaloo of course uh it's actually tradition at this stage for all of them uh the boogaloo uh, it's a pretty interesting stuff some pretty interesting stuff happened. You had Jeremy Vessia uh, go 5-0 with the Daughters of Cain list, and Robbie Bear Steinberg go 5-0 with his Sons of Behemoth Breaker Tribe list. So we're going to look at those lists first. Now, there's some really cool stuff about Jeremy's list. Normally, I, being someone who reads uh, lists pretty much every single week for Age of Sigmar, and a lot of them to boot, I think there's probably a few people that read more than me. Maybe Warhammer Rob, which is Rob to me. Uh, so Rob Hole, uh, shout out to him. Um, okay. Uh, but, like, normally when I read Daughters of Cain, I'm like, ah, breath in the bow snakes. But Jeremy's done something way cooler um, and is just really, really showing the power and the potency of combat Daughters of Cain. So, we've got uh, Hagnar, uh, which is adds plus one to your Blood Rights table, um, which is a special table you get when you play Daughters of Cain. Daughters of Cain, traditionally, the reason everyone played Marathi in the Bow Snakes because 15 Bow Snakes are pretty efficient for their shooting output anyway. And Marathi, who's an unkillable support piece and also a great fighting unit itself, will be able to make you shoot twice. Probably at least for two turns, maybe for three turns, which is great. Now, um, uh, there's a great write-up on thehonestwargamer.com written by Jeffrey uh, Mazura. So we do have lists, and you can, you're can you encouraged to write your own lists on thehonestwargamer.com. Write a little guide for yourself, um, and then you can share them. And if you if you write good ones, then I'll make them list of the week. Uh, but as you can see, 
um, very much riffing off that idea. Jeremy, who's already gone 5-0 this season with Carriage and Overlords, and might have got another 5-0 as well. He might be on three 5-0s already, I think. Yeah, but incredibly uh, good performance from um, uh, from Jeremy. Taking a Melisite Iron Scale, he's taking a Hag Queen. Hag Queen on Cauldron of Blood. Now that's got a uh, Curse. The Cauldron of Blood, obviously, also really good uh, for doing prayers like Curse or the Heart. Um, not, it's not called the Heart King, is it? It's called Heart of Fury. So this here, uh, which is an invocation, so an endless spell, really. Uh, but you can't get rid of it like an endless spell, which is a real problem. And because of that, that means that you're basically minus one damage to a minimum of one in an aura, and that's going to massively affect your ability to punch through this army, which is kind of fragile in a lot of ways. Uh, you're getting plus one save from the Hag Queen on Cauldron of Blood because it gives an aura, which is really going to benefit this unit of Witch Elves. And this unit of Witch Elves is really, really interesting. It's 345 points, which is super cheap. They've got three attacks each, which means they're going to have 90 attacks. But because they're Galician veterans, which means they're battle line um, under five wounds and they aren't mounted, that means they get to benefit from a special other rule, which means they get to fight within half an inch of a unit that's within a model that's within half an inch. So they effectively get to fight from three ranks as opposed to two ranks. Like, or maybe it's just two ranks, I'm not sure. It depends how you lay it out. But either way, you might be able to get all 90 attacks from this unit in. And the way that this. Um, Go Red Blacks! Uh, shout out to my friend Darren in the chat, by the way. Um, uh, <laughs> the High Gladiatrix, I'm just a, an Ottawa, uh, Amer sorry, an Ottawan Canadian Football League fan now. Uh, the High Gladiatrix, the High Gladiatrix you can see, has got a special ability in Aura where a unit of either Witch Elves or Sisters of Slaughter add, change their wound characteristic from a 4 plus to a 3 plus. So instead of adding plus one to wound, it's changed the characteristic, which is really good. When uh, you see that um, the Witch Elves have got Sacrificial Knives, uh, which, oh no, Sacrificial Knives, sorry, no, Sacrificial Knives, sorry, uh, mean they get an extra attack. Uh, but they also have an ability on their War Scroll, which gives them plus one to wound. So that means they immediately go from uh, threes and fours to threes and twos. And then with a plus one to hit, it's twos and twos. So you're going to have 90 attacks, twos and twos. Okay, with rend one, because the high glider tricks also gives you plus one rend. So that's pretty amazing. What also happens, which is really cool, is you've got curse, which is a spell within 12 inches. You pick a unit on a four up, they're cursed, which means every 60 here is going to cause an immortal wound, meaning those 30 witch elves potentially can do 15 mortal wounds into a unit. He's got two units of 10 sisters of slaughter, which kind of screens. They screen. They don't really know how. They block stuff up. They're like a they're like a blocker. They're a they're a front linesman for the Red Blacks and a Canadian football team. That's what they are. They just block and they they defend and I don't really know how else to describe it. They're just stuff that's in the way. Uh, you know, um, uh, it might be nine inches. Thank you. Uh, Curse is actually nine inches. Thanks to the chat for helping me out there. Curse is nine. Apologies. Um, uh, and then there's two units of Blood Sisters, which in of themselves are quite fighty units themselves, right? Uh, Ten Blood Sisters are pretty cheap at uh, 280 points. And if you look, none of the units go over 400 points, which I think is quite interesting. Because when you've got like these big punch units that really want to deliver the kill blow, then he can lose 10 Blood Sisters and still have another 10 Blood Sisters. He's got three what I would call like important units here. Um... Uh, in the Blood Sisters and the Witch Elves, so kind of hammer units that are going to do the damage. In addition, the Hag Queen on Cultural Blood, pretty fighty. Not quite as good as the other three units I mentioned, but still not bad for a support piece. You've got two units of Canary Heartrenders, which are great for grabbing objectives, and in addition, have access to battle tactics, which, of course, should be banned from all events. Book battle tactics should be banned, as should book secondaries. Um, uh, 
but they would probably still take two units of five heart renders because why wouldn't you? 95 points, ability to deep strike, grab an objective is really fun. What I really like about what Jeremy's also done with his army as well is he's put his two units of 10 Blood Sisters in Expert Conquerors. This means they're going to count as three for each model in the unit. So a unit of 10 is going to count as 30 for the purposes of holding an objective. What I love about that is that you now are really torn about where you're going to try and apply your power because you know the Witch Elves are the super scary unit in the unit, a super scary unit in the army, but the other ones are going to hold objectives super well, right? Really well. So I like that because now you're 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 confused, uh, basically. Hail real poly geek! Thanks for uh, resubscribing. Thanks for being such a wholesome maverick, Rob. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, great list works super well. I'm gonna get in touch with Jeremy, see if he'll do a write up for me, um, because this this is just great. But there is a daughter's cane list using the high glider tricks. It's already available on thewarsgame.com, so you go check it out. Now, also in second place, uh, but also in a 5-0 bracket, shout out to him, Robbie Bear Steinberg uh, was running a uh, gargant's list. Now, uh, me and Tom Guan, uh, when we were doing Summer Slaughter a few weeks ago, uh, we talked about the fact that we think actually gargants are going to be pretty good in this and they had a big fall off in age sigmar 3 at the start at one point they had nearly a 70 percent win rate which was pretty crazy with an 80 percent positive win rate potential so their ability to uh like just win was around 80 percent which was nuts, especially when their rep meta rep was 10 percent they had a massive fall off after christmas a massive fall off after christmas earlier on in the year and so, but with this edition, I think we're going to start to see the rise. With a new book on the horizon as well, I wouldn't be surprised to see lots of guys on the tabletop. And they're kind of the ultimate DPS check army. Uh, and what we mean by DPS check army is an, an army that um, it just basically says to you, can you kill all this stuff? I guess that's often been described as a horde army, but this does the same thing without there being lots of models, basically. Uh, so two gate breakers, um, uh, sorry, three gate breakers, two man crushers, and the horror gas spell in bosses of the stomp. What I really like the enchanted portcullis is on one with the gate breaker giving it a six at ward, um, and the arcane tome again, all generic artifacts should be banned, but whatever, um, doesn't matter. Uh, has got flaming weapons, which means I think it takes the gate breaker weapon up to damage four because it's a spell that you cast on a four, I think, um, and then it adds plus one damage to one of your melee weapons, and you're obviously going to do that on your big flail, which means the damage four. Mind, um, so it's really really powerful. But what I really like, what I really like, is he's taken the horror gas, which is my is it second, second or third favorite endless spell currently. Like in the meta, I think it's probably one of the best endless spells in the game right now. Um, and this is really nice because horror gas is uh, <laughs> depending on which publication you read, is uh, because in the app, and this is something to clarify with your TO, in the app it says wholly within 12 inches, but in your GHB it says within 12 inches. So the smart play is to always play wholly within 12 inches, but there is a there is a difference between the two. Oh, they fixed it. Nice. Where did they fix it? It's within now. All right, thank you very much. Apparently they fixed it, uh, and there's an FAQ, so now it's within. Excellent. We don't need to go through that. So every unit wholly within 12 inches of the Horrorghast, it cannot use the Inspiring Presence command ability. And in addition, if anything rolls, runs away, and make them run away and uh, an extra d3 models run away so it's actually really good and doesn't affect uh the single model gargant army at all so uh i like that i think that's really fun anyway that's all the 5-0 lists love that um and congratulations to all those players what in 
Hello. Okay, looking at the 4-1 bracket. We had Matt Beasley with the Disciples of Zinch list. He had Kairos. Uh, he had the Zangor Shaman. And I think he had the Magister on disc as well. He had some basic Karakakalites. He had a unit of Screamers. This is all in Host Arcanum. And then six Zangor Enlightened on discs of Zinch. Again, got to just talk about the fact that those Destiny dice plus pregame moves in Host Arcanum is going to give those Zangor Enlightened on discs of Zinch an incredible, an incredible charge range. Is absolutely crazy. Uh, they're going to be going 20 inches base with the pregame move and their movement, and then obviously they can destiny dice the charge. So as long as you, I mean, so it's an auto seven pretty much, but you can definitely get a 12. So their threat range is nuts, uh, and then you've got lots of summoning and spell casting. Um, uh, bonjour, bonjour. Uh, this the Stark Pistol was running a, a Thunder Lizard list, um, as was Matthew uh, Kessinger was running a Draco Tail list. Uh, but they all had like I think Stark had Croak and some Salamanders and some Thirty Skinks, and I think uh, Matthew had some Salamanders and a, a Slan and some other stuff. And they are wildly different. But at this stage, at this stage. I've talked about Seraphon enough that if it's your first time, just go back and listen to any of my videos and you've listened to me talk about them, uh, which will be pretty much going forward while I'll say when I read a Seraphon list. Uh, but congratulations to both of you. I need you to understand that. I've been reading that list now for three years, so I don't really need to, or two years, um, read about it anymore. Um, Okay, so then uh, Daniel Cooper was running a kind of interesting uh, Magic King and Nurgle list. It did have Puskal Blight Lords, three units of two. It also had Putrid Blight Kings, but it had a double, uh, it had two um, Lord of Plagues, which is something we don't tend to see as often, uh, which is really fun, and I really like that. Cameron Chen had a really fun Skaven list, something a little bit out of the ordinary. I really like it. A Master Molder, two Warlock Engineers, six Storm Fiends, five Scryer Acolytes, six Giant Rats, Three warp lightning cannons, loads of rat swarms. I think there were like five or six, and then a warp grinder, which I liked a lot. Uh, obviously, you can pop up uh, the storm fiends, who were also in bounty hunters. Important point to note. Uh, so you could pop up the storm fiends and uh, do a bunch of um, uh, shooting and then fighting. Uh, but it's the warp lightning cannons that are going to punch a bunch of armor at the back of the board, which I think is fun. With the rat swarms doing the jobs that we normally see uh, clan rats doing, which is like screening up, basically. Um, uh, so, but these do it better because they can block more of the board, which I really like. So I thought that was a super fun list as well. Uh, and then we got Matthew Davidson with Soblight Gravelords. I was running loads of Black Knights and Neferata, an incredibly cool list. Wasn't expecting to see that. Uh, well done to Matthew Davidson. Shout out to everyone at this event. Okay, right. Uh, the Age of Sigma GT, the Sacramento Slam. John Gray was running a Seraphon list, which consisted of. Uh, one second. Um, uh, a coalesced, it was a coalesced army. He had in Thunder Lizard. He had Engine of the Gods, a Skink Priest, Derelia Van Denst, a Slan, Stegadon with Stink Chief, and a Soros Astroth Banabera, Soros Guard, Soros Knights, and a Stegadon as battle line. Bastildon with Solar Engine for shoot twice, and the Purple Sun. Sheesh. Again, like great spell casting. Purple Sun, the ability to cast it very reliably is really good. Uh, Stegadon, they're all minus one to wound. Uh, with the exception of, like, yeah, I think they're all minus one to wound. Yeah, Soros Guard, Soros Knights. Uh, not minus one to wound, minus one damage to a minimum one, sorry. That's what I mean, minus one damage. Taking on with Stink Chief, great in a fight, uh, really powerful. Um, uh, Slans, great at casting, Skink Priest for buffs, Engine of the Gods for summoning or doing more wounds. Uh, so that's how the army works. Uh, and then uh, we had a really fun, really fun Daughters of Cain list with the Hag Queen, Slaughter Queen, Malice Iron Scale, Blow Rock Medusa, and the High Gladiatrix. So the second time we have not seen Brathy and the Bow Snakes. Uh, two units of five Bloodstalkers, a unit of ten Blood Sisters, 
uh, 20 Sisters of Slaughter, so they're going to be getting that uh, change to their wound characteristic, two wound characteristic as well, from a 4 plus to a 3 plus. Five more Blood Sisters, and then the Avatar Arcane, which we were just looking at over on Wahopedia, uh, the best resource for Age Sigma and 40k. Uh, shout out to Wahopedia. Um, you can find all of the War Scrolls and all of the factions and rules, and they're all keyword linked as well. Like, if you're not sure how a monster works, you just click Monster and it opens up Monster. It's an incredibly good free resource for tracking rules in all of the games. Um, in my opinion, it's the best resource on the internet for any war game. Well, for at least Warhammer, Age Sigma, and 40k. Um, and as you can see, the Avatar of Cain is pretty fighty, as pointed out by Smorgan in the chat. Uh, AOS List Labs is a YouTube channel you can go check out if you want to. He has some great Smorgan information. He's got four attacks, threes and threes, Ren two, damage three. Um, but he's also got a five up ward save on a four up armor save with nine wounds. They're pretty fighty, and as has been pointed out in the chat, can hide behind obscuring terrain as well, which is quite nice as well. So potential damage of 12 attacks coming out of a 40 mil base uh, that's very survivable. I love that a lot. Pretty fun. So that's everything from that event. Our next event we're looking at is a very small event, the Dice and Duck Decimation. Uh, and what was decimated was a 5-0. We didn't get the opportunity to get a 5-0 from this. But Tom Patton did get himself a 4-0 with uh, this. Don't be scared by the list, by the way. This is a Gargant's list. Uh, and in it is definitely two Gatebreakers, a, um, a Kraken Eater, and an Incarnate. So four models having a great time going 4-0. So it might have been a four-round event, or maybe it was a five-round event. I'm not really sure. But either way, congratulations to Tom. And again, that really that really adds to the fact that we can see that uh, the uh, Gargant's doing really, really well at the moment. And will continue to do so, in my opinion. Okay, uh, our other event for this week was in Germany. It was the 22nd Wufergotter. Nailed that in Germany. Uh, so I think there's been 22 of these events before, which is amazing. Uh, so Wufergotter. Um, and again, uh, th this wasn't on any digital platform, so I'll include like a Google link to a folder which will have these lists available. A special shout out to Enwald in the chat who um, formatted them for me and sent them to me, which I really appreciated. So thanks very much. Uh, our 5-0 list is Daniel Pommer. He was running Zytrek Luminath Realm Lords. He had a Venari Lord Regent, a Hurricane Wind Mage, a Sonari Law Seeker. And then he had uh, ten, uh, sorry, three lots of 10 Wardens, and then he had two units of 30 Sentinels. Um, and then he had Chronomantic Cogs and Ravenax Nashing Jaws. Okay, so there's some really fun stuff in there as well. Uh, the Chronomantic Cogs is great for reroll casts because it's reroll casts to all wizards, and that's great for Lambent Light being cast, uh, as well as uh, the Sentinels being able to cast to empower their weapons. So their mortals from sixes, uh, uh, sixes to hit go to fives to hit, uh, which is a spell that they cast themselves. So that's really, really good for them, and also true for the Wardens and their Sun Metal weapons as well. Um, the Law Seeker's got Lambent Light, and which is a spell which is reroll to hits against a unit so you can fish for more mortal wounds. So there's some pretty great damage in there. And the Venari Lord Regent is in there as well um, uh, to also be able to potentially cast uh, the, the mortal wounds. So you basically, anything you fight in this army should basically be doing mortal wounds. You want a 5+, plus, which is really quite good. Um, like, I mean, it's great. Uh, and then he's got Ravenex Session Jaws, which is kind of like a hot pick endless spell. I think a lot of people really want to use it because it's got the potential to do a lot of mortal wounds, especially when you can unbind it and you've got the reliability to cast it. Kind of interesting in like a magic dom heavy meta. I personally like not super sure about it because it's a lot of you're using a lot of resources to produce what is and can be a pretty good amount of mortal wounds. 
ultimately, Daniel went 5-0 with this list. Uh, and so a special shout out to him. As we know already, we've already seen that the War Scroll has changed for the Sentinels. Um, we've seen that on the new FOMO box that's being released. So, uh, And I'm sure that there's some reviews of those already available. So congratulations to him. Uh, great list, which um, I think is... This is the kind of swan song, I guess, or the, uh, the last shot, you could say. Because <laughs> they fire loads of arrows. Like, uh, for this book, because uh, soon it's all going to be changed. Jeffrey, uh, lovely fella, uh, is running Knights of the Empty Throne list. One of our two Knights of the Empty Throne lists that went 4-1 this weekend. Um, he's running... Uh, now, Knights of the Empty Throne is kind of interesting. It's a Slaves to Darkness army. But Varangard, which normally come in units of three, which are a cavalry unit, uh, can become uh, heroes in this. Varangard are, uh, like, heroes of chaos, effectively, that sit atop a, a big steed. And those heroes of chaos, when Archeons aren't around, are kind of like his second in command, his lieutenants. So they gain the hero keyword, and you can still reinforce them, so you can have a unit of six, uh, which is 560 points, but it's a, a lot of wounds, on a three-up base armor save. Uh, and when they've got the uh, Mark of Zinch, they're going to be re-rolling once to save. They also have got Pylin and Attack twice, once per battle on their War Scroll, which is really, really good. Now, it also means you can give them items, which sounds crazy good, and it is. Um, you've got uh, Inescapable Doom, which is... Um, See the piling six. I don't know which one's which. I forget. They're all taken the same. See the piling six inches, um, or and then he's got the grasping plate, which is you cannot make retreat moves away from it. So it's one of those two. Um, uh, yes, they also ignore spells. Uh, one from the war scroll and second from the mark. That's correct. Uh, that you do have double spell protection, of course, also from the mark of Zinch. Um, so yeah, the grasping plate. So effectively, this unit they pile in six inches, which means you can run with them. And then you can pile in from outside of six inches. So they have a pretty big threat range, um, which is really good. Also means that uh, your opponent can't like retreat away from you if you're using skinks because you're doing a pile in, which is after that would happen, uh, which is really good. He's also then got Bellacore, which I think is really useful inside this meta for sh shutting down big units. If you flip this army around, like, and if you had Bellacore on the other side, you would Bellacore the Varangard unit so that it potentially can't move because of the Dark Mastery ability. You make it so that it just shuts it down, which I think is quite good. Uh, I think Bellacore's really good in this meta at the moment. Uh, and then Chaos Sorcerer Lord um, for Oracular Visions uh, and also, uh, have they still got Demonic Power as well? Uh, nice. And that's bonded to the Cronspine Incarnate of Gur. Then he's got three units of Iron Golems. Iron Golems count as having not moved in your opponent's turn, obviously. You move in your turn. In your opponent's turn, then they go from a four-up armor save to a three-up armor save because they count as having not moved, which means with the Mark of Zinch, they've got a three-up armor save, re-rolling ones, 10 wounds for 75 points. Very cheap, very survivable. And with the Marcus Inch also have some spell protection as well. So, like, for 75 points, they're just an amazing screen or objective holder, uh, which I think is very clever. He's then got Nine Untamed Beasts, which is a unit that can pre-game move. And don't forget, since the FAQ, where pre-game move, uh, movements mean that you count as having kind of deployed on them, which mean you gain control of the objective. That came out in the most recent FAQ, which is really effective for units such as Untamed Beasts, uh, Host Arcanum uh, Zinch units, like anything with that pre-game move actually 
there's some really like clever little mechanics and stuff you can do there especially if you take a low drop if you go for like double battle regiment or just a single battle regiment like you've seen jeffrey's done in this list i think there's some really clever stuff you can do there uh, as well uh, then he's got the chaos war shrine for the rerolls uh, to hit and wound on his big fighty units and he's got the cronspine incarnate of Gur. Sexy guy, sexy list. Um, uh, so good. So that's two units in his... So it's kind of interesting. Two units from his army that you can't retreat from. One of which, like, it's t tough to kill because it's a cron spine. And the other one that's tough to kill because it's got a three-up armor save with Mystic Shield, a two-up armor save with all-out defense, a one-up armor save, re-rolling ones. Uh, so what's that mean? You're going to have to be Rend 2? Mystic Shield. Uh, you're going to have to be... Uh, rend 1's going to do nothing. Rend two to take it back to its three up rerolling ones. Like, um, uh, like, oh, there we go. So Jeffrey pointing out, I played Lumineth in the final table, Realmstone Cachet. I was able to grab the objective with uh, the uh, pregame move uh, before Lawseeker could grab it from Deep Strike, uh, which is uh, really clever. Like, uh, like, so just think on that. There's some really clever stuff with pregame moves. Really clever stuff. Especially pre-game move, give your opponent the turn, and then choose a proving ground. Real clever stuff you could do. Uh, so love that. Fabian uh, Koshmida was running a Daughters of Cain list. And again, no Marathi, some bow snakes. Had Queen of Cauldron of Blood, and there's also a Bloodrack Shrine, so kind of two towers list. And a Melisite Iron Scale, which meant all of the snakes became battle line. Which meant you got a unit of 10 uh, Bloodstalkers, so those are our bow snakes, then 15 fighty snakes, 10 fighty snakes, then 10 witch elves. And again, those two units of Heart Renders and the Heart of Fury. Double Battle Regiment and then Bounty Hunters on the 15 Blood Sisters, the 10 Blood Sisters. So um, it's like some very, very impactful uh, fighting units there. Really clever stuff. Really like what's being done. Heart of Fury for the minus one damage. And again, more Daughters of Cain without uh, Marathi. You love to see it. You love to see it doing really well. Uh, then Henning Wolf was running Saves the Darkness, Knights of the Empty Throne list. He had Knights of the Empty Throne, Varengard again. Again, inescapable doom and grasping plate. But instead of Bellacore, he had another unit of six Varengard. And this time they took the artifact, the Corrupted Nullstone, which is a once per game um, auto unbind, which is a great spell. Really, really good. Oh, sorry, great artifact, sorry. Really good to shut down that key spell that you're fighting against. Kairos, if he doesn't get his uh, his uh, portals, that's important. Mind Razor is something that's really important. Um, the five-up ward save uh, being cast on a unit of, like, 30 Blade Guys Revenants is a really good spell. Shutting that down is really good. So there are some really key spells at some really key times where auto-unbinds are amazing. Uh, so love that. Then you've got two Chaos Social Lords, and then you've got two units, four units of four Iron Golems. So again, those Iron Golems that we talked about, three-up armor save, re-rolling ones. The Mind Stealer's Pharynx, great one. My favorite painted one uh, is a very colorful one done by Sughammer on uh, Instagram. Um, uh, and this is a, uh, a kind of beast, a monster. But what it does is it, it makes it so that a unit... Within, I can't remember the range. I think it might be 12 inches, but it basically makes you fight last. It's got a fight last attack, basically, or an ability, which is really good, obviously, because then you can have your multiple units of uh, Varangar go in, um, and it's just really, really effective. And then he's got a Chaos War Shrine in there as well. So if you think about it, like, there's only real two punchy units. Those, those are the Knights of the Throne uh, Varangar. So only two fighting units in there. Um, and so, like, there, like, there's a lot of like orientating the right matchups for himself, which is going to be a lot to do with the mind stealer's pharynx. So yeah, 
Great little list. Love that. And sounds like a really great event. The German meta is really good. They've got the Raccoon Rumble coming up at the end of October. Um, again, you're able to check this out if you look at the global... Oh, no, wrong one. No, 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 no. Oh, we've gone everywhere now. Uh, if you look at the global events calendar, which I was just trying to show you a second ago. Uh, so included in the show notes for everyone at home... Uh, because it's the first time I've actually talked about it, is a, a global events calendar for Age Sigma, which I've just produced. Um, so you can see here. So this is going to be included in the show notes, and this should um, slowly start to... Uh, I'm going to add all of the events around the world as they go up and when they're put in, so people can you know, like either advertise their events, which I think would be a nice thing to do, so you know where events are going to be, or so you can just track them at home and maybe follow them online. So that's one of those things that... Um, there, there was a resource available, but it's kind of fallen by the wayside. When when lots of people do stuff for a hobby, they, they it, it goes away. That's why I do it for work, and you could support me on Patreon to help me continue to do these things. So this is another incredibly bland resource <laughs> that's available from The Honest Wargamer, but, like, it's useful. Like, it is an important thing to do. Uh, so there we go. Uh, okay, right. So, uh, on to the next set of events. Really good. Okay, so going over to the Capital City Bloodbath. So this was two weeks ago, and this was in Canada. I was actually at this event, but I was covering the 40k uh, tournament stuff as well. So you had Carl um, with his uh, 5-0. So this is actually a six-round event with four rounds on the Saturday. Four rounds on the Saturday, two on the Sunday. Pretty brutal. Uh, so Carl won the event, went 5-0, but no one went 6-0. He lost his third game. Um, uh, like very much like Michael lost his fourth game in that list. Uh, so, uh, like, you know, um, the Baal, that's correct. Uh, in fact, everyone apart from Olivier, um, we'll talk about his list as well, uh, won all of his games up until his final game. So let's look through the list because Carl actually did it with Flesh Eater Courts. Okay, so pretty exciting. He's Court of Delusion, his feast day, and he's got a Infernal Courtier uh, with the Dark Arc, uh, the Command Trait, the Dark Acolyte, and then he's got Deranged Transformation. He's got the King uh, of the Crunchbine, uh, which is an abhorrent art region, with a Dermal Robe and Spectral Host. Uh, so the Dermal Robe makes him a wizard, uh, or adds plus one to his spells, one of the two. Um, and he's got an abhorrent Ghoul King on Royal Terrorgeist, which is, oh yeah, this is the illegal list. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, Gruesome Bite and Blood Feast. It's not illegal. Uh, Carl ran it as a legal list, just FYI. But the, the TO said he couldn't change the actual upload. Uh, and so this list you might read uh, actually isn't correct. He's got two lots of 10 Crypt Ghouls. And then uh, the big piece here is his nine Crypt Flayers. And then the Chronospine Incarnate of Gur and Chronomantic Cox. So as the chat have been pointing out to me, there's four wounds each, taking up to 36 wounds uh, in, the, um, in the unit of Crypt Flayers. Uh, with a five up save uh but because of multiple like because of uh rally which you can get from the white dwarf update which i think is a five plus uh and also uh because of the um because of the uh crypt infernal courtier and also the white dwarf update uh unless you one shot this unit as pointed out in the chat unless you kill the unit you're able to bring it all back um, and so it's like a really tough unit to deal with and then apart from that it's pretty much what you expect from um uh, from a fleshy course army. You've got a Ghoul King on Royal Terrorgeist with Gruesome Bite, um, and so he's going to be doing some crazy good damage. The Cronspine Incarnate of Gur, uh, so you can't run away from it. So again, this kind of army really lifted up from the fact that the Incarnate means that you have to dance around that first, and then all of these other more fragile but very hitty pieces are going to come in later, which is quite interesting. Uh, so some really interesting tech there. We pointed out that there's uh, a run and charge spell, there's um, a plus four move spell, so uh, you could be making them move 16 inches and then run and charge. So those crypt uh, flares could be going crazy fast. 
Um, uh, so yeah, and then the Chronomantic Cogs for the reroll casts. Um, what a cool list! And again, Carl, this is his second 5-0. Uh, he went 5-0 with KO recently, so uh, really dominating uh, his local communities wherever he goes. Uh, and as always, to Carl, uh, B's up, C's down. Um, okay, so then another 5-0, uh, and this was run by Michael Simeon. Lovely fella, by the way. I got to meet him in person. Just a treasure. Um, he's running Icebone, Blown Splitters, Savage Big Boss, Maniac Weird Knob, Wurgog Prophet, three lots of three Savage Big Bosses, three lots of four, four lots of five, sorry, Savage uh, Ball Boys, two lots of five Savage Ball Boy Maniacs, uh, a unit of four Big Stabbers, and then a unit, five units of two, six units of two Big Stabbers. And he's got double warlord and then he's got lot um bounty hunters which is the savage born maniacs and his four savage big stabbers so this is a lot of pre-game move uh and a lot of damage coming out from the wurgog prophet when he when he goes off as they say um uh, so yeah a really interesting list uh really like this um and congratulations to him uh and there's a fun uh, again going 5-0 there's a fun city to sigma hollow heart list night encounter battle mage on griffin special hurricane with special battle mage um, a free guild general, uh, and then uh, on foot, who's the general with Master of Magic. And because it's Hallow Heart, obviously you get to take D6 Mortal Wounds, get that to cast. You get plus one to cast from the Hurricaneum. So you're casting a lot of spells, uh, and then you've got two units of 30 free guild crossbowmen, uh, Horogast, Purple Sun, Soul Screen Bridge. Uh, so the Soul Screen Bridge to, to, I would argue in some cases, move block. Such a good spell for move blocking. Um, and then the Drokothian Guard Formulators for doing loads of damage. They're still obviously really good in a fight. Um, you just don't have the delivery system you once did in Living City. So yeah, great list. Love that. Uh, we had a unit of... Uh, we had an Ionet Deepkin list run by Jordan. Um, uh, sorry, our Ionet, uh, sorry, our Hallow Heart list was run by Olivier. Um, so, well, shout out to him. Uh, our Ionet Deepkin was run by Jordan from Seasons of War. And he was running an Achillean King, so the Slap King. Um, low tan with that plus one to wound aura that's really good uh, then 20 reavers two lots of 10 reavers and then 30 thralls and the clonspine incarnate so the incarnate again pinning unit in the thrall shooting the namati's fighting in there as well the slap king doing loads of fighting the low tan with a really good aura which i think is uh, really really good there's a source list uh fangs of sotek so we've got loads of extra skinks two lots of 30 skinks so don't forget when you charge them they get to a parting shot which is uh, a kind of like a standard shoot ability and then a 4 plus run away which is really strong then you've got the skink star priest and skink priest buffing them with extra to move sixes do sixes to wound do mortal wounds Ashloth banner bearer for the plus one to cast for the slan um and then the stegadon with skink chief giving plus one attack if he wants to to 30 skinks so i think that that means that they have something like a hundred and wait is it 90 attacks? i think they have 90 attacks in close combat which is pretty crazy especially with sixes to wound do mortal wounds um uh, but yeah, it's just so good. And five chameleon skinks for a cheeky drop down uh, and start trying to snipe characters, do some fun stuff. And then Purple Sun, because they've got a deep strike mechanic. And then Purple Sun and Horogast. Horogast, great in this list. Especially when you can split shots from the 30 skinks into multiple units. Horogast being cast by the uh, enemy, I think, is a really good play um, because then you can just really make units run away. I love that. I think that's actually a really clever play. Um, you see more and more horror gas. Not a surprise. Really good. That's everything from Capital City Bloodbath. Okay, our next event is the Salt Lake Open. Okay, so this had some amount of people. Um, I actually don't know. 
34. 34 players at this event. It was won by Fire Slayer. So Fire Slayer is the only list to go 5-0, which is pretty incredible. So well done to Justin... Uh, Dustin Chesma, sorry. Dustin Chesma. And he was running Fire Slayers and he was running Greyfjord. Now, uh, if we take a look at the list, as you can see, it's just a, a cast of characters. A Rune Father, a Battlesmith, Rune Son, Flame Keeper, Rune Master, and a Rune Smiter. Then two units of ten Hearthguard Berserkers, um, and then two units of Volkite Berserkers, one with Bladed uh, Sling Shields and the other with uh, Firesteel Hand Axes, and then also a unit of Auric Hearthguard. So not having any of those Magma Dross, which we've seen do quite well, has meant he's put a lot of bodies on the board there. Um, and then he's got the Command Entourage and Expert Conquerors, Warlord and Bounty Hunters Battalion. So he's got all of it. Uh, his uh, Bounty Hunters are his Hearthguard Berserkers, and then all of his units uh, are going to count as Expert Conquerors. So some real clever little play there uh, to really maximize what this army can do. Um, so those two units of 10 um, are going to count as 30 on objectives, and his other two units of 10 are going to get that plus one damage if they fight Galician veterans, which is really fun. Uh, a big shout out to him. That's a really impressive performance for Fire Slayers who haven't been doing super well, so he should be really chuffed with that. Then we've got a really interesting Stormcast list being played by No Aquino, Stormcast Eternals, Celestial Warbringers. Now, this is uh, kicked off a really lively and fun. Um, debate in the chat, uh, and we'll talk about it. So he's running Celestial Warbringers, and he's got Lord Relictor with a Master of Magic and the Arcane Tome. Um, so he's got the uh, obviously the translocation uh, ability there, but he's also a wizard. Then he has five Knight Valexas, and we took the time to look at the Knight Valexa War Scroll, and as you can see, he's got this thing, the Meteoric Standard. And if this unit carries a Meteoric Standard once per battle in your hero phase, you can pick a point in the battlefield within 24 inches. Each enemy unit within six suffers D3 mortal wounds and he does that five times so that means each unit within a single point um uh can take five d3 mortal wounds which is pretty incredible ultimately so on average there should be 10 mortal wounds to every unit within six inches it's pretty amazing he then in addition like i love that list i think that's really fun in addition has three units of five judicators which obviously do more wounds when they shoot he's got the ever placed comet which is cast within 36 inches big range cast that uh, and then every then you roll a dice for each unit within I think it's ten inches. Uh, let me just double check. We did do this uh, within ten inches. And on a one, nothing happens. But on a two to five, it's D three mortal wounds. And on a six, it's D six mortal wounds. So really, now we're up to kind of like every unit within six inches is taking six D three mortal wounds, um, or they're taking five D three plus D six mortal wounds, which is again amazing. Uh, and then just to cap it off, um, which is really fun. Uh, I really like this. He's got two units of three Annihilators, which obviously drop down, and then they do mortal wounds, and they charge in, and they do mortal wounds. And then the Stormstrike Chariot, that when it charges, does mortal wounds. Yeah? Just amazing stuff. Right? Like, really fun. And he's got that all in two battle regiments, so it's a two-drop, so he's probably going to get the choice to go first when an army is really castled up in itself, and then he can do all that multiple damage. Uh, and we know that having a two-drop gives you, like, a 69% chance of getting the choice to go first. Hashtag 69. Um, the, uh, Russ Tanner did really well with Ogre More Tribes getting a 4-1. That's actually really impressive. Um, he didn't have anything overly different uh, in the big power pieces. He's got Huskarn and Thundertoss, which is general. And then, of course, a Frostlord and Stonehorn. Then he had Rockthorn and his Mantrappers. He's got a Butcher, a Slaughtermaster, and another Frostlord and Stonehorn. But his battle line being three units of Icefall Yetis is quite fun, um, especially with that pile-in that they've got of six inches. I really like that. And they're also the battle line. Like gives him a way of taking some pretty cheap and also effective battle line, and it's probably given him enough points 
just take that extra frost lord on Stonehorn, uh, which I think is really clever. Um, and he should be super proud of himself. So 4-1, really understanding how to build a, a list that's got a, more power pieces in it than maybe a traditional list. We had a Sons of Bahamut list go 4-1 uh, as well. Gatebreaker, another Gatebreaker, another Gatebreaker, and a Kron Spine Incarnate. And if you've been keeping track today over the, past, over the course of the past few weeks, Kron uh, Spine Incarnate and Gatebreakers, all Gatebreakers and Man Crushers, doing really well. Doing really well. Three bigs, one Kron Spine Incarnate, Absolutely fantastic stuff. Um, they count on more on objectives. They're really fighty. Just don't know do what other people do and move off the objectives. Just stand on the objectives and fight people. And then you win the game. Really easy. And then, copying Carl, or this was actually the same week as Carl the Baal did really well. A Borank Art Regent, uh, Flesh Eater Quartz, went 4-1. And again, they've got that unit of nine Crypt Flayers. So, an Aborant Ghoul King on Royal Terrorgeist, um, an Aborant Ghoul King on Royal Zombie Dragon, an Aborant Art Regent... And then those uh, nine Crypt Flayers. So slightly different list to the one that we saw previously, but those nine Crypt Flayers coming in pretty key again. Uh, amazing set of lists. Really, really creative. And that's everything that happened at Salt Lake Open. Uh, so congratulations to everyone there. Our next event takes us to the wonderful world or fake land of Australia, depending. It either had, uh, it either had 62 players or 62 crisis actors. Really depends on how you feel about the Earth's shape. Uh, but it was organised by Mr. Sam Morgan, uh, and it was the Snake Eyes Grand Tournament. Um, <laughs> now, uh, the event, uh, if it was run by Sam, it would have been a really fun event, I assume, right? So, uh, shout out to him. Our two five O's though, are two pretty famous players. We've got Alexander Kron, the Robot Return, Terminator 2, the Kron is back with his carriage on Overlords, and then Lackey. Now, some people might not, you might not know Lackey, but old Warhammer Fantasy Battle players will remember Lackey from a little podcast called The Dwellers Below. And Lackey was one of the key members of The Dwellers Below, a little treasure. Now, he hasn't played Age of Sigma for three years, as being pointed out by the chat. His first event back, he's only gone and bloody... Won it? He's only gone and bloody won it. With his Seraphon, Fangs of Sotek. How did he do it? That's the question. So Fangs of Sotek, don't forget, Skinks get extra move, they get a retreat and shoot ability. Um, he's got a Slan uh, with Arcane Mate, Might, uh, which is reroll casts, or one cast or whatever. Uh, Skink Star Priest, uh, and then an Engine of the Gods, which, as we know, has got the Arc... Well, this one's got the Arcane Tome, uh, which is pretty fun. And he's also got the Spare Crypt... Prayer scripture curse. So that makes that engine of the gods a monster, a totem, a priest, a wizard, um, uh, able to summon units or shoot mortal wounds across the board, uh, and it's 265 points. Then he's got a unit of 30 skinks, two units of two skinks, a unit of salamanders, and the cron spine incarnate, Ravenax gnashing jaws, and then the purple sun. <laughs> So, uh, obviously, kill stuff with the uh, Ravenex National Jaws. Ravenex, uh, sorry, with the Purple Sun. Ravenex National Jaws doing all the mortal wounds at range. Salamander's doing mortal wounds and damage, as you saw. If you go and watch the very first tabletop in 10 minutes, available on the Honest Wargamer, uh, you can see how very effective Salamanders can be in-game. Two units of 10 skinks, 30 skinks. Uh, obviously, those 30 skinks can get mortals and sixes to wound. Just how did he do it is the question. Hoping he'll come on the show. Lackey, if you're listening, come on the show uh, and let us know how you did it, uh, because fantastic work. Really proud of you. Um, uh, now, the Kron, the Kronster, the Kron, the Kron Spine Incarnate himself, Alexander Cronington, um, was running a KO Barrack Zilfin. Aether Cast Boys, don't come at me. 
Okay, screw you guys. Uh, Zilfin list. He had uh, an Aether Chemist and another Aether Chemist. Thank you to Rockal for subscribing. Um, uh, that's super great of you. Rockal, what's going on? Thanks, first time, first time subscriber. What, what, what did it for you? Was it the face? Was it the list? Was it the chat? Who knows? Um, but if you do want to subscribe, if you want to Twitch on Patreon, that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, so he's got uh, two Aether Chemists, and then he's got the Arcanaut Admiral, two lots of, three lots of ten Arcanaut Company. Basically, if you're playing Carriage and Overlords, you just take three, three lots of ten dudes who do nothing. I mean, they do something, but you're basically like, I hope my boys don't die. Then a Gunstruck Gunhauler, six Skywardens, which is quite interesting. That's quite different to what we normally see. Um, is the Enigmatic Energy. <laughs> is it? And then two Ironclads. Okay, and then he's got the Warp Lightning Vortex. So he's got some fun little interactions here, specifically from the Aether Chemists um, uh, and the uh, Warp Lightning Vortex. So already you're not going to be able to like move very far out of your deployment, especially if you fly. The Ironclads are going to do lots of shooting. Um, surprised not to see the Purple Sun in replace of the Vortex, because obviously you add plus one to all of your gun shooting, which seems to be a very KO thing to do at the minute. Um, so yeah, just a really, really interesting kind of like mix-up. The Sky Wardens being quite different as well is pretty key. But this is KO, this is Kron's list. This is Kron uh, loves playing Carriage and Overlord, so it's nice to see him back on the table using it. Okay, so looking at the 4-1 bracket, you've got some pretty... Pretty well-known people like Pete Axton, who runs uh, Plastic Crack Blog, if you want to go check it out. Pat Nevin, who we hear about a lot. Wayne Buck. Um, so, like, just loads of people who we know. And the lists are great. Shout out to the Big Goldfish for resubscribing. The lists are great. Really different and really kicked off a big conversation with the chat. Okay? So, Pat was running um, a Nurgle list. He was running Drowned Men. And he had Blobe, Orgots, and the Lord of Afflictions. Then four Puskal Blight Lords, two Puskal Blight Lords, and ten Plague Bearers, which were in Expert Conquerors. Um, and then a unit of ten Gore, which were also in Expert Conquerors. Three Nurglings, and then three Plague Drones. So, we do see the Puskal Blight Lords a lot, but you don't tend to see um, uh, the... Uh, sorry, and the Lord of Afflictions, and you see all of those um, pretty commonly together. But he's added some other little extra bits, all got some blob, you see a lot with that kind of list as well. But the Nurglings, definitely, and the Plagrones and the Gore make that a little bit different. Um, so congratulations to him. Uh, the Silver Death list was pretty nice. Um, uh, this was being run by Mark Nodge. Uh, it's Nalru, and he's running... Um, uh, no place for the weak. Uh, sorry, he's running the dwindling. So he's got a branch witch, a warsong revenant, um, who's got spell singer. So cast through trees, acorn to set up a new forest, and then the tree song uh, for the plus one rend aura. And he's got the spirit of Durthu with the greenwood gladius for an extra d3 attacks. Battle mage for the um, uh, the battle mage for. Uh, obviously, the additional run. The important bit there, the important part there is you've written down universal spell or levitate, and your allied casters can't take a spell. So um, I'm sure he wasn't doing that anyway. I'm sure he was just doing running, uh, doing the additional uh, move and charge from uh, from the battle mage or extra charge from the battle mage, whatever the spell is. Two lots of ten dryads and five tree revenants. Then he's got six Kurnoth hunters with Kurnoth scythes, three revenant seekers. They obviously can return uh, any of those Kurnoth uh, units that get killed. Um, or not the whole unit, sorry, models from the unit, which is quite nice. And then the Spite Swarm Hive, which is plus three move, plus three charge. So he's basically going to be yeeting in either the Kurnoth Hunters um, or the Durthu uh, through the trees, and then he's going to be attacking. 
and then yeeting one of them back using fight and fade uh, and then he's going to have all the additional charges as well because the battle mage and because of um, the spice swarm hive so he's going to be like basically just firing and fading fighting and fading and teleporting away uh, while he keeps doing spells with the Warsong Revenant through the tree. Uh, then there was another, so there was a Skaven list being run by Wayne Buck, which is a Vermin Lord uh, with the Devious Adversary and then the Warpstone Charm uh, and with Flaming Weapon. So this is the, the kind of like Skitter Leaped In by Thankwall, who's got Skitter Leap In. Um, Skitter Leap In, uh, a big fighting uh, model attack and then, you know, um, do all the extra damage. Uh, then he's got Thankwall, obviously, also uh, for the pluses to cast and also for his uh, ability to do loads of damage in combat. Um, two Plague Priests and then the Warlock Engineer. And then he's got 20 Clan Rats, another 20 Clan Rats, 10 Plague Sensor Bearers and another 10 Plague Sensor Bearers, which has got crazy output. Two Walk Lightning Cannons for just punching mortal, mortal wounds at range, which is really good. And then the Burning Head in a double battle regiment. So again, Skaven going 4-1 is pretty impressive. You should be pretty happy with that. Sam Sims Bailey was running a Sylvaneth list in Dreadwood with Dreitcher, a Warsong Revenant, an Arch Revenant, and a Battle Mage, uh, and then 15 Spite Revenants, two lots of five Spite Revenants, and then six Colonel Hunters with Bows, Colonel Cog, Spite Swarm Hive, and Purple Son of Sheesh. So again, uh, the Warsong Revenant is going to be able to cast those spells uh, through the trees at range because of Spell Singer. Um, Spite Revenants, because they're in Dreadwood, are going to be able to uh, teleport in and teleport away which I think is quite nice. And Dreitcher can also teleport in with them um, and then give the plus one uh, to wound aura, which means the 45 attacks that we see coming out of uh, the uh, 15 Spite Revenants are going to be uh, hitting on twos because of all that attack, plus, uh, hitting on, wounding on twos because of Dreitcher. So that's twos and twos. And any sixes to hit are going to do mortal wounds. Uh, and because it's Dreadwood, both can teleport away, uh, which I think is super, super powerful. Really good. Um, just strong stuff, right? Strong stuff. Chronomantic Cogs reroll casts, Spice Swarm Hive for the pluses to charge, and then Purple Sun for the additional rend as well. And when you do the additional rend with Tree Song, uh, I mean, Tree Song additional rend, so you can have about to rend three? Rend two, rend three? It's crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Uh, but again, Sylvaneth have got some really interesting stuff, but they haven't, haven't been dominating uh, the game. Uh, Pete Atkinson... From Plastic Crack um, was taking track for Wurgog Prophet. So this is Bone Splitters, Wurgog Prophet, War Dock, three lots of ten Savage Orc More Boys, loads of big stabbers, um, five Savage Boar Boy Maniacs, and Cronspine Incarnate. So and Ravenax Nashing Jaws. So pretty much what we said before. Pre-game moves, get the units in. Wurgogs uh, potentially are going to take units off the board with the the Wurgog Stare. Um, big stabbers doing big stabber damage, and then Savage Boar Maniacs doing Savage Boar Maniac stuff. There you go. Um, uh, then we get into uh, a cool Soblight Gravelords list with a Vampire Lord and Zombie Dragon. Now this is Legion of Blood. I love this because it's Legion of Blood, which an additional D3 models run away. Minus one uh, bravery as well in this army um, uh, when you're near vampires and he's got two units of Blood Knights. He's got Death Route Skeletons, which also reduce your bravery as well. Um, uh, he's got a unit of 10 Direwolves. Big Fort Drog Kicker, which I think has a minus one uh, bravery aura as well. Belladama, who's got that great spell to do at range and also can pass off any wounds onto the direwolves. Uh, a vampire lord, zombie dragon for all of the additional damage that you need. A big fighty monster, basically. But then he's got Horogast. So we talked about this in a kind of deep dive the other day. Um, but the Horogast in conjunction with Legion of Blood is actually a really exciting list. Super fun. Really fun to play, I imagine. Um, I love that list. I think that's actually really, really cool. I love that. 
That's a shout out there. Then, the, then Chris Zagelos, Zagarelos. By the way, Chris B, CB is telling us that the Top Black Grave Lords list that went 4-1 also won Best Painted. That's pretty impressive. Well done, William Knight. You should be super proud of yourself. Chris Zagarelos was running a Petrifex Elite OCR Bone Reapers list going 4-1. And it's got a Soul Mason. And then it's got Catacross. And then the fun thing about this is it's got two units of four and then a unit of two of Morgast Harbingers which were in Bounty Hunters. Uh, I'm pretty certain, yeah, they're all in Bounty Hunters, which is great. Yeah, they're pretty fighty units, but um, uh, they've got three attacks each, which do damage three. Um, and as it was pointed out in the chat earlier, I think you can get them to twos and twos uh, with their three attacks each. Uh, so a unit of four is going to have 12 attacks, twos and twos, rend three, damage three. Into Galician Veterans, they're going to be damage Four. So they're just mini monsters in of themselves. They're six runes apiece with a four-up armor save. They get an additional um, uh, range on their charge. Just an incredibly wicked list. Uh, Lenny Bell was running a Befalin House Maggot Kingdom Nurgle list. He's got a great and clean one. Horticulate Slimux and Orgot's Demon Spew. And then he's got six Beasts of Nurgle and then three Nurglings and the Geminids. Talked about this before, but the Horticulux gives reroll charges and plus one to hit to the Beast of Nurgle who retreat and charge. When they charge in, they do mortal wounds. When they retreat away, they do mortal wounds. When they, they've got loads of attacks, so they apply loads of disease points, which does additional mortal wounds. So, like, there's a really fun list uh, that we saw at the beginning of this Nurgle book run by Slot Machine Killer. That's the same thing. Great and clean one, incredibly hard to kill. He's got the Wither Stave, which adds plus one to the disease points. So, only four ups become a three up, I think. Um, uh, which is really good, which can go down to a two-up, I think, with the wheel, uh, when the wheel's in the right place. And he's a pretty fighty monster in of himself with the flaming weapons. Now, the real fun little bit here that is the allied in Infernal Rapturous. 135 points. All wizards within 24 inches have to re-roll successful casts. Actually, really wicked tech. Really wicked tech in a very dominant magic meta. Really like that. Like, a lot. Really like that a lot. I thought that was really clever. Uh, Dylan Close, with his Invader's Lurid Haze list, was running Glutos or Scullion, Sigvald, Sinessa, three lots of te uh, 11, technically, Blissbar of Archers, and then three Exalted Chariots, and then Geminids and the Burning Head. Now, Geminids obviously super clever to just run through your army uh, because you're going to take one mortal wound on each unit on a two-up, uh, which generates you tons of depravity points. This Barbarch is going to do 20 shots each. So he's got 60 shots coming out of this army. Exalted Chariot is going to do loads of uh, mortal wounds on the charge. Uh, and then Glutox is good for healing, fighting, and casting spells. And then Sigvald. Um, like, just a great, great, fun little list. Really taking advantage of some of kind of the, the techie plays you can do with the, burn, uh, with the Geminids and with the summoning. You should be able to get some really powerful summoning going with this army, and you get to keep your opponent off with those Bliss Barb Archers. No screens, so a little bit concerned with how it did there, but obviously you can also deep strike with Sigvald or Glutos or any of those things and get into your opponent's face. Um, and then that's it. That's everything. i got to say, got to say, uh, so this event, uh, the Snake Eyes GT, uh, I've got to say, like, some of the most exciting lists that I've read out through the course of the day, like, definitely some really wild and wacky stuff, which is it's nice to see Australia back on the map doing what it does best, uh, like, just really reinventing the wheel time and time again. I love it. I'm super happy for them, so uh, a shout out to them. Okay. So, at uh, an event uh, at Element Games, uh, which was a 74-player event, uh, we had uh, two people go 5-0. 
Byron Ord went 5-0, and he's the guy who owns Element Games and runs Element Games. Uh, he won his own event. Yeah? He, what it, uh, anyway. Uh, and then uh, also Toby Meadows went 5-0. Now, Byron's been super nice to me. Uh, he sent me a load of brushes once, so uh, shout out to him. Uh, he also loves dry brushing. More than anyone in the world. Than anyone in the whole world. And that's true. Yeah? Collusion. <laughs> There's no collusion. Don't hashtag collusion. Right, anyway. So let's look at Byron's list. Uh, so Byron was running two uh, more crushes. Uh, two mega bosses on more crushes, so an Iron Jaws. And he was also running a Rogue Idol. This is all in Iron Jaws. Doesn't say. Does it say what his sub faction was? I'm pretty certain it's going to be Iron Suns, which means you get to charge in your opponent's charge phase or at the end of your opponent's charge phase, which is actually an incredibly powerful thing to do. Um, uh, so you've got two War Chanters as well, obviously. So he will have buffed up probably the Rogue Idol, probably also buffed up. Um, the uh, one of the war chanters. I'm trying to see what stuff he got on, and one of them is the arcane tome. And he does have Basham lads, and he's then he's got Master of the Weird. So he's going to do D3 mortal wounds, probably to one of his uh, three units of uh, Ard boys. So three units of Ard, so D3 mortal wounds that to cast plus one to wound aura, yeets everything forward, gives plus one to hit to the two uh, um, mega bosses on more crusher and the rogue idol. That means they've all got plus one to hit, plus one to wound, which means the entire front line is hitting on twos, wounding on twos, with plus one damage, and then smashing and bashing. So as soon as you've wiped a unit out with one, you get to activate with another unit. And then in your opponent's turn, if they don't charge you, you charge them, and you do the same thing, right? Oh my god. And it's just a great list. The other 5-0 at this event, seamless transition, no one knew there was a break there, where I got pizza but had no cheese on. But that was fine, because it was a gift, and I appreciated it a lot. Toby Meadows, the Toby, hashtag slow-mo Tobes. Um, uh, great little player. Uh, I, he's short. That's what, I, that, that's what I didn't mean by slow, but short people are kings. Short king. Now I've dug a hole. I might have to record this bit. He's a really nice person, and a great guy. And I feel like I've really fucked this entire intro up a bit. A lot, in even, actually. Toby's great. Anyway, to Toby. Okay. Um, and he was running a safe startless list, list, which is very similar to Enwald's list. However, Enwald that we saw run this list this week, this was a list from the week before. So this is a series of events before. Um, so just to give to give Toby his due. So he was running Knights of the Empty Throne, and then uh, Varangardi had a unit of six, and another Varangardi had a unit of six, and same items, Inescapable Doom and Grasping Plate, so piling from six inches, and also Can't Retreat, and then Null Stone, which is obviously uh, an auto-unbind, right? Um, Chaos Sorcerer Lord, Chaos Sorcerer Lord uh, um, in his list as well. Uh, then he had those five units, four units, four units of Iron Golems, and the Mind Stealer's Pharynx. Again, still to quote, best Mind Stealer's Pharynx painting I've seen is the Louis Sugden. Uh, but other than that, like uh, a great miniature in of itself, but you should stick some wings on it, it makes it look cooler. Uh, and then, because like, it's a, a Sphinx. Sphinx have wings, I'm pretty certain. But anyway, then you've got a Chaos War Shrine in the list as well, Battle Regiment. So shout out to both Byron with his kind of like really powerful smashy fighty list and Toby with again a very fighty list but a lot more techy, a lot more pieces to happen inside his list. Congratulations, dear. Okay, so looking at the four ones, Max was running a Magikin Drowned Men list. He had a lot of afflictions, August Demon Speed, Morbits, Twice Born and Blow Brot Spawn. He's got all of them. All um, of the Magoth Lords plus a lot of afflictions with Overpowering Stench and Split Horn Helm as we often see. Then another Lord of Afflictions. 
three units of two plus score blight lords in his list as well. So all in drown men, moving forward, and a bunch of characters to hold objectives and be really strong. Cool little list. Phil Marshall. Now, Phil might have more Age of Sigmar games under his belt than any other player, maybe other than Tom Guan, but definitely giving themselves a race uh, for the title. He's running Nighthorn and he's running Scarlet Doom. He's got Alrak the Drowner, Guardian Souls, two Spirit Torments, Krugas Cruciator, twice, two of them. So he's going to be able to reduce damage by one to a minimum of one, but do it twice. So if you're damage three, you're now damage one. Okay, which is quite useful for Nighthorn because they're mainly Galician veterans. So he's got a, a unit of 30 Blaze Guys Revenants and another unit of 20 Blaze Guys Revenants, all in the Bounty Hunter Battalion, which is going to make them even more powerful. But that's a 525-point unit. Don't forget, of course, you can give them a 5-up ward safe, and with Gal Alrak, you can teleport them around the board. It's going to be a little tough to do, though, because obviously you've got that Cruel Gas Cruciator debuff. So maybe you're going to be like... Um, Maybe he's going to like keep the 30 and kind of a buff in the middle and then teleport uh, with the unit of Blade Guys Revenants. Who knows? He's just got that clutch unit of Mimron Banshees. So they've only got four wounds in that 104-point unit. 105-point uh, unit, sorry. But they make it so that there is, it's great anti-magic. So uh, Wizards... Uh, sorry. Nighthorn units within only within 12 inches. Basically, you can roll additional dice versus uh, the casting value of your opponent's spell. Um, so that you can just like do double unbinds. You can stop enemy spells and a bunch of really clever stuff. Really, really stuff. Um, it's also stupid you can stack the cruciate buffs in a single unit. It's true. Um, uh, okay. Okay, so uh, again, shout out to Phil. Uh, I'm not surprised that he's been doing so well uh, with that list. He's been getting the reps in, and it's a solid list. Mr. Simon Weekly from Ty Team Wales has been running Nighthorn. Double Night Cool Gas Cruciator. A Dreadblade Harrow. Two of them. Three Spirit Hosts. And then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Hex Wraiths. And some of them are in the Bounty Hunters Battalion, and some of them are in the Battle Regiment in his army. Hexrace got some pretty prodigious output when they finally get into combat, um, and so especially with, uh, yeah, yeah, some pretty prodigious uh, combat. So I think that's what you see in there, and they're also pretty tough to kill because they've got those four up ward saves. And again, a pretty unique list, which has been fun to play, and Simon never scared about rolling loads of dice. Maxul with a beautiful Slaves to Darkness uh, list. I'll say it now and I'll say it a thousand times. A beautiful Slaves to Darkness list was running Slaves to Darkness, uh, host of the Ever Chosen Six Circle. He had Archeon, which is, is a really pretty model of his. Uh, a Chaos Sorcerer Lord, a Chaos Sorcerer Lord, so two of those. Also, had the Master of Magic. And then he had some Varangard. And I think he had three units, two units of three Varangard. And then he also had. Some Untamed Beast, some Iron Golem. Uh, yeah, he's got two units of Untamed Beast for those pre-game moves. He's got Chronomantic Cogs and the Purple Sun of Sheaths. That Purple Sun is going to work really well with uh, the Varangard, who get plus one damage on the charge um, uh, in Hosts of Ever Chosen Six Circles. So then if there's a Purple Sun nearby, it's another plus one rend. Like, just really good stuff. Really good stuff. Super strong. Um, and then uh, Paul Scott, Slot Machine Killer. Running his Nurgle, great unclean one, two Lord of Afflictions, and then a Horticulix Limux, then a unit of two Beasts of Nurgle, one, two, three, four, five Beasts of Nurgle, and a unit of Flesh Hounds, 105 points, and then 10 uh, Chaos Warhounds, interesting, um, in Bounty Hunters, and then a Battle Regiment. So his Bounty Hunter units were two units of, oh, were the Chaos Warhounds and the Beasts of Nurgle. I assume the Warhounds meant. Uh, as a screen to stop the Beast of Nogal from necessarily getting hit in the first turn. I think is uh, really fun. Uh, Kieran Alinda was running an Adnet Deepkin list with a Salastan Prime, the Slap King, 
One, two, three. Three lots of ten Namati. No, two lots of ten Namati Reavers, a unit of Namati Thralls, and 20 Namati Reavers. And an Alapex. But honestly, I can't read the list. So there's something else in there. So well done to him for going 4 1 with Zyneth Deacon. Uh, Lewis uh, Meadows was running a, a Fire Slayers list, which is fun. So he was running an Auric Runefather on Magmadroth, and he's got the Axe of Grimnar and Coldheart Ancient. So this is like a really fighty mounted character, the Auric Runefather on Magmadroth, a Battlesmith and a Runemaster. Then one, two, three Auric Runesons on Magmadroth. We saw Alex um, running this uh, early in this edition here at the TSN Arena. And then 10 Volkite Berserkers, or oh, sorry, early for this book. 10 Volkite Berserkers, another 10 Volkite Berserkers, and then 10 Free Guild Guard as well. So there's Auric Runesons on Magmadroth being in Bounty Hunters. They're super fighty, so they're going to be even more fighty in Bounty Hunters, of course. Uh, Stephen follows with his Zilfin, uh, Carriage and Overlords list. He's got an Aether Chemist, a Navigator, an Admiral, another Admiral, and then two lots of ten Arch sorry, three lots of ten Archonaut Company, uh, and then ten Thunderers, and, iron and then two Ironclads, and then he's got the Rune of Petrification in his list as well. So it's going to be pre-game move one of the boats in, drop the Rune of Petrification down, move away, shoot all of you dudes down, and then control... Your opponent's ability to move uh, with the navigator and do some fighting with the admiral as well. Duncan Woods, oh my god, literally no one can submit this at this event. What the fuck? He's running a Skaven list. Congratulations to you to going five one, four one. Uh, and then Tom Bell, uh, congratulations to you for going four one with your flesh eater courts, which also I can't read my lists. Uh, but congratulations to oh, and then Trev, the Trev uh, went four one with a Mega Awesome War Crusher. Two War Chanters and Weird Knob Shaman. Two lots of six Core Grunters. Ten Brutes. Two lots of five Arboys. Uh, and then this was all in Iron Suns. So charging your opponent's charge phase. Doing all the damage as it normally does. Okay. Let's go. Uh, okay, so our final event of the day, or of the past two weeks, is from Northern Ireland. Absolutely great to see the, the Irish boys, whichever, from the north or the south, um, are playing Warhammer because they're the best dudes, big fans of all of them. Uh, and so it's great to see them uh, having more tournaments or just having some on. Uh, so uh, in first place uh, at this event, so this is Northern Ireland GT. I think this is organized by Salt Miner War Games. I'm pretty certain. If I'm wrong, I apologize, but I, I'm pretty certain it was. Um, uh, so this was uh, Mick Wendell w won this event. Uh, so shout out to Mick. So he was the captain of the uh, Republic of Ireland team at Worlds last year. Northern Irish team didn't go. Um, and he was running Daughters Kane. He was running Marathi and the Bow Snakes, which is good because I was really sad I wasn't going to see Marathi and Bow Snakes today. But we got him, boys. Uh, we got him. Marathi and the Bow Snakes in the house with an incarnate. Shout out to you, Mick. Seven drop list. Absolutely nailed it. Love every part of that. That's fantastic. Now, Colin, a man who has hospitalized me and saved my life at different times, the Sport Cochrane, uh, with his Stormcast Eternals list, was running Hammers of Sigmar. He had Lord Castellan, um, which he'd given Master of Magic in the Arcane Tome. Then he'd given the Lord Relictor, uh, a Rune Lord, which he brought in, which I think is really nice. Five Liberators, five Liberators, five Judicators with Bolts from Crossbows. Quite a lot of shots from that. Three Aether Wings, and then ten Protectors. Then a Stormstrike Chariot, and then three Vanguard Raptors with Long Strike Crossbows. So he's still getting the same output, but he's not going to be able to use the, um, uh, the Holy Command Thunderbolt Volley, so instead he's gone for Call for Aid and Unleash Thy Hatred, uh, which I think is quite clever playing in with how he's built his lists. Um, 
Uh, it's fun giving the Castellan the uh, the Arcane Tome of Master of Magic as well. So basically, the protectors are going to hold the middle of the board pretty pretty well, like we saw done at Summer Slaughter, uh, where Sean was doing the same thing with his ten protectors, uh, even against something as fighty as Fire Slayers, um, because you obviously can give a plus one save, you can give a Mystic Shield, you can give them all out defense, so they can be on like a uh, a zero up save, I think, pretty much, which means your Stormtrack Chariot can come in and do all of its damage and. Um, and charge in and do do all the work there and it does also mean that long strikes keep shooting from the back of the board still pretty light when you think about it when it comes to board control and and units uh only 109 wounds in the army but they're all quality wounds and again he went 4-1 so big shout out to him uh i think uh solomon king solomon uh my man uh the king he has returned uh was running an emerald host nighthorn list he's got lady linda guardian souls Krugas Cruciate, if that minus one damage, 20 Grim Gas Reapers, 2 times 5 Hex Rates, 5 Spirit Hosts, and a Mimron Banshees. Then the Cronspine Incarnate of Gert. So the Incarnate does what I've said all through the show. Um, the Spirit Hosts are going to bodyguard uh, Alinda specifically, because then she can be able to return D6 to each unit once per battle at some point in the game, which is quite nice in those Hex Rates, because they're probably going to be used as screens, or even as kind of frontline fighting units. And then the Grim Gas Reapers are kind of going to be the power punch unit that's going to fight in the army. And it's a battle reg, so he's going to get the choice to go first most of the time. 87% of the time. Brendan McKenna Sr., was running Vandus, uh, was running uh, Stormcast Eternals. He had a Knight Encounter, a Lord Relictor. He had four Dracothian Guard Concussors, ten Judicators with Skybolt Bows, five Liberators, five Liberators, and then ten Protectors. So very much what I said before, with the ten Protectors kind of holding the middle, this time he's got the Concussors to do some pretty good um, kind of counterpunch, uh, which we saw used by different units by Colin. Um, and then he's also got slightly different ranged options with his ten Judicators with Skybolt Bows, Versus the the long strikes which we didn't previously see uh, in that list, so that's that's really fun to see. And then finally, fire slayers being run by uh, Sean Murray going four one. Uh, so shout out to him. Auric Rune Father on Magmadroth, uh, an Auric Rune Master, a Battlesmith, and a Rune Son on Magmadroth, and ten Hearthguard Berserkers and two so ten Volkite Berserkers in his list as well. Uh, is that everything? Wow. Yeah, and again, he's gone for the really fighty, really fighty um, Auric Runefather on Magmadroth. Anyway, if you get the opportunity to get over to get the opportunity to go over to Northern Ireland and play uh, Warhammer, I would really take the opportunity to do it. Okay, uh, taking a look at the calendar. Uh, so we're going to try and start doing this at the end of each show. I know it's not. I know it's like not big and all these other silly things like. Like maybe I won't use it. But coming up uh, this weekend, we've got the Midlands Clash in the USA, the Nova Open, uh, the Roman Rumble, which is being held in my arena here, uh, and also War in the North. Um, now, there might be some more events, and if you are going to be running some events uh, in the future and you would like to get them on this calendar, there's a link in the show notes, and there's also a way to contact us so we can try and put you uh, on the calendar as well. Uh, the week after that, there's uh, the Brathurst GT in Australia. Uh, there's an event in Spain, the Cruciato Nacional, uh, Freak Wars. There's uh, a Lamoine Last Stand in the USA, Renegade Wargaming in the USA, and also Smite Club Open in the USA as well. So loads of events over there. Uh, really exciting uh, weekend on the 17th and 18th. You've got Game Night AOS GT in the USA, as well as Hammerfest. Then you've got Invasion in Norway. You've got Northern Wastes in Canada, and you've got Raccoon Room Rumble in Germany, and then the Small Ruckus uh, GT here in the UK at my venue itself. Uh, so, yeah, load of cool events coming up in the future.
Looking at the event results, pretty interesting. Really fun seeing um, Australia back on the map. The lists are very dynamic, very different to what I've seen in lots of other places. They've really kind of exploded out. Um, not even like where I look at this and I think, how the hell did that do well? Just like, interesting. I like that a lot. I think that that was really fun. I really enjoyed that. Uh, so yeah, that's been, I, I enjoyed that. I think that was one of my uh, my favorite bits from the week. Um, Crunchbine and Carlets everywhere. Very good, very effective. Uh, Silver Death and Nighthorn. Interesting to see, not necessarily in the top spots. They, and rarely seen actually, which is actually kind of cool. KO, right up there all the time now. Kind of enjoy seeing that. Uh, that's really fun. But again, just super diverse list. Really nice to see all of the different Daughters of Cain lists that are out there now, which are different to what they were previously. Like, like it's not Marathi and the Bow Snakes, a variety of different builds, which is also really fun to see. Um, as for the meta going forward, well, we're about to get into Gargants and Ogres, is the rumor? I don't really know. Skaven are doing okay. Skaven have posted a couple of results uh, over the past couple of weeks that have been 4 ones. Um, so it's been fun to see that they haven't been doing crazy well, I'd say, um, and and I and I oddly and unfortunately expect that to fall off. I don't want to end on a downer. Um, I expect that to fall off. Gargants on the rise. That's definitely true with a new book on the way. That's quite interesting. Gargants on the rise, and that's it. That's uh, it's been a really interesting kind of couple of. There's just so many weirdly cool lists. Uh, the Stormcast Valexa list was really fun. Uh, like just really interesting stuff. I love the OCR list again with the Harbingers. Like just really cool stuff. Like really fun stuff to see. So it's good to be back. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Don't forget I'm live every Monday at 11 till whatever time I finish uh, doing these. Um, so check it out and I hope you enjoy it. There'll also be some uh, live streaming of uh, events on the T-Sports Network sometime soon. So keep your eyes peeled for that. But if you've enjoyed it, please do like and subscribe. Uh, thank you to everyone who listens, listens to this as a podcast. Please stay hydrated. And and if or if you'd like to support us, you can support us on Patreon or Twitch or any of those other things, right? Um, that would be the best bit. So thanks very much for listening and I'll see you soon. Goodbye.